Good day, and welcome to episode 10 of the Aaron Wayne Podcast. Before we start, guys, just a few words on what we're up to here. Had a lot of rants. I talked a lot about universities and what's going to happen with them and my predictions on that, how public school's going right now because I just started teaching my kids my thoughts on social media and why you should delete it off your phone and much, much more. I forgot the other stuff, but you'll hit it once you get there. So I'll see you on the other side. All right, audio sync. I'll do that again. Oh, I got the dogs all riled up. No, guys, guys, it's just a clap. Come here. Come here, lay down. Lay down. There you go. It's okay. Hopefully that's good enough. We'll just give it a snap of the fingers. That'll work. We'll figure it out. What's up, guys? Episode 10. The Aaron Wayne podcast, man, I, uh, you know, I've made a couple shots at this podcasting thing. And if you listen to my past episodes, most of my podcasts are me talking about podcasting, but the number 10, I finally got 10 done. Uh, took a, took a whole summer, but I did it, man. I'm coming in hot today. Feeling good. Um, started school yesterday, uh, officially, um, I've been listening to some interesting podcasts. I'm in this phase right now, this really interesting phase, even though I turned 32 in October, yikes. 32 is like a, such an uninteresting and insignificant age. 31 is like, all right, I'm stepping into my thirties. Here we go. Let's make some, let's make this bread. But 32 is like, man, I didn't, uh, yeah, I'm still here doing basically the same thing I was doing at 31. Um, and then with COVID, like right now it's, um, what's today, September 9th, September 10th. I don't know, September 9th. And, uh, the world's kind of slowed down because of COVID. So who knows? Like everything's a bit slower, but you know, I'm listening to this podcast and it's, um, a buddy of mine, Sam, who, uh, worked in finance for a while and also was, uh, a part of some of the early project projects for Uber Eats, like in the early days before everybody used Uber Eats. This is like five years ago, so he was early days with that. He sent me hip to this podcast, uh, the Prof G Show. It's this guy who's just like uh, at NYU. I don't even know the guy's name, and I've only listened to three podcasts. But what it brings up for me is uh, the economy. He said in the podcast today, this guy, Prof G, whatever his name is, he said, um, you know, we're seeing in a year what would otherwise take 10 years. So, like, the expansion of... Um, really useful um, companies and then like the complete like crumbling of ones that were living on the margins and just sort of keeping keeping things afloat and it's really tragic when we think about small businesses and it's tragic when we think about you know medium to large size businesses but it's um you know the marketplace is the marketplace and if things aren't going to work they aren't going to work and if your entire business is predicated on being in space with humans you've got to innovate like the public school system is trying to do and good teachers are doing it. And I saw that yesterday. Um, today's Wednesday. We had our first day back after Labor Day on Tuesday, which was yesterday. I told you I'm coming in hot. I told you. Take a breath. Have a sip of coffee. I got 30 minutes to do this podcast and then I got to go teach yoga. Mm. I probably don't need much more coffee. 
Uh, so I took social media off my phone. Have you ever done that before? You ever done that? And then like maybe 10 times and then realize, um, that you're just going to give up and let the machine run you through it. Like gripping through your brain, like gears grinding you up and turning you into a commodified product so that they can sell you. What, what are they selling you? That's the real question because they might be selling something similar. I get a lot of masterclass and Coursera's. I also get a lot of hiking jeans that are waterproof. You don't want to wear waterproof jeans to hike. You know what I mean? Like they're like really like brand new material. It doesn't even, it wicks water. Watch this. And they'll just show like a picture of some dude's thigh wearing green khaki pants. And he's just pouring a whole glass of water on it. And it's like beating off like the back of a duck. It's like, dude, I don't, most of the time I don't even hike in pants. I hike in shorts. And they're basketball shorts. So, you know, don't come at me with that. But what's on your Instagram feed? I think it's telling what... So, I guess Instagram thinks that um, um interested in learning, but not interested enough to sign up for a course that's in person. Well, COVID now, like, is different. But, like, whatever. They collected the data over the last 10 years, not the last six months. They think that I'm into master classes that I might start and maybe do two days of and then be like, I'm kind of busy and I'm uninterested in that now. And they think that, uh, you know, I go hiking in, in the Everglades all the time and I need to keep my legs dry. And um, so that's what they think about me. What do they think about you? But I got rid of it. And uh, it's actually real. So two observations that I've pulled from having taken off uh specifically Instagram. And I did this trick, um, uh, like a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, I was, I deleted Instagram and TikTok. I got into TikTok for a while. And I think TikTok is like still really interesting as an app because, um, there's a whole generation that, you know, my generation, it was Facebook. And then it took a while for people to, uh, get hip to being on Instagram because Facebook was so usable. And then I think probably around the time Facebook bought Instagram, which was about seven to 10 years ago ish, I think people got more hip to Instagram and they were more into it. And, um, so that was my generation. My generation was like a transition from, Oh, it's actually MySpace. Yikes. Remember MySpace? Um, it was MySpace into, uh, Facebook into Instagram and this generation, much like, you know, rural parts of China, they're skipping, uh, or in, uh, you know, all over the world where they're putting up infrastructure in these, um, rural parts of the world, they're not putting power lines up. They're just burying the power lines because we know better now. And so much of the infrastructure that of our grid system was built 50, 60 years ago. And we're just kind of sticking with what we have instead of burying the power lines. So there's, and then, you know, there's parts of Africa that are like, why are we doing all this coal plants when we can do solar or wind? Right. Um, citations needed. Find your citations, Aaron, because you don't know exactly what you're talking about, but it makes sense, doesn't it? And then, so the kids, they sort of skipped Instagram though. They use it, but they skipped Instagram and uh, a lot of them just went straight to TikTok, and they definitely skipped Facebook. Let me tell you that here and now. Facebook's for your auntie. Do you know what I mean? But I got rid of off my. I got. I got. I got rid of it off my phone. And dude, the amount of time that I was wasting on it is just insane. It is crazy how much time we're spending on social media, and the reason is it's not our fault. It's 
the platform's faults. They have convinced us unconsciously tapping into our subliminal main subliminal subliminal yeah subliminal is that sublanguage subliminal liminal lingual sublingual i don't know sublingual is like what you do with a b12 supplement so that's not it it must be subliminal they've like tapped into the primitive parts of our brain in order to get us to get reward, but only enough reward to keep us scrolling through. So you look at 10 pictures that you're like super uninterested in four of which are ads. And then eventually you get to one where it's like, Oh, that was a cool surf trip. I'm glad that you went on that surf trip and it looks like fun. And then you give it a double tap with the like Gary Vaynerchuk says they're going to get rid of the like feature. He said that it's preventing people from posting, which in turn they have less content which we are creating for them. Not only are we creating the content that other people can consume, which is nice. Like, you know, Katie asked me the other day, I was watching a vlogger and I'm going to talk in a second about my vlog because I've started a weekly vlog, which is a cool little experiment. She'd asked me like, why am I interested in watching these vloggers? And the answer is, is because it's human to human connection. Like somebody's creating something, they're sharing it with the world. And I don't feel... I feel like I have a connection with a person watching them instead of a corporation that has a team of 12 writers and an HR person and uh, data metrics that show that 32-year-old college-educated white men, uh, first-generation college grads that make $40,000 a year, that they are interested in X, Y, Z, right? So like, I just don't want to be manipulated by, by that sort of thing. And YouTubers and podcasters and um, even Instagram, um, to the extent that our, our, our product that we are giving out freely to the world, whether it's an Instagram post, a podcast or a YouTube video, to the extent that that's not being manipulated by algorithms that prevent us from seeing things. Um, it's good. I think it's good, but you know, I'm coming in hot. Came in hot today. I lost my train of thought. Mmm. Cold coffee. Katie made that this morning, and I'm just now drinking it. So there's a blinky thing going on in the camera, and I don't know what it is. So if the video is doesn't exist, then it doesn't exist. Sorry, guys. It's not happening today. Um. So this Prof G guy, I was listening to his podcast. He was talking about colleges, and I live in a college town, Colleges are super interesting, man. What's going to happen with colleges? So now here's the thing. I'm a public school teacher. I teach eighth grade English in a rural community in a college town. So like there's, um, it's a really nice mix of, you know, rural kids that have, you know, hard work ethic and, and then there's a mix of like kids in poverty. And then there's a mix of a lot of kids that are, uh, middle class and then there's a lot of affluent kids whose parents are some way associated with the university whether it's they're associated as professors or admins or um, whatever right so I have I have a pretty um, heterogeneous grouping of kids and they're mostly white though so I don't have much uh, diversity in that regard but I do have many um, international families so um, kids from whose parents in some way are associated with the community, uh, you know, from India, Pakistan, China, Korea, uh, Vietnam. Um, I've had African students before, which is nice because when I lived, when I was teaching in Winchester, it was like black, Latino, white. And um, so it's nice to get like 
different um, different cultures brought into the classroom. What was I talking about? Oh, public school versus universities. Here's the thing. As a public school teacher, my kids have to go to school. I'm providing them a public service, not a product. Do you see the difference? And so when we talk about colleges and we talk about the public service of education, now your fire department in your local area may have 10 people on staff and it might have 10 you know, 10 trucks and 100 people on staff or one truck and 10 people on staff. And so that is content, that is a public service that is offered by your community. And depending on the capabilities of that community, you will get a different result. So if you live in a community and there's one fire truck and 10 fire workers, eh, fire workers, fire, I guess you'd say fire workers. Yeah, it's 2020, gender neutral, fire workers. Um, but then you're saying you're know, like you're working on the fire. I don't know, fire, fire killers. That's aggressive. You get what I'm saying. They, uh, if you, if, if you're, if, if there's one truck and your house is on fire and then someone, you know, 10 miles away in the same community, their house is on fire. It's like, dude, this is what we got, right? Um, this is a public service that you don't pay for, um, that your taxation pays for. And we're doing the best we can with the resources we have. That's much like public education. So if you look at, um, like a place like where my sister teaches, you know, uh, where I teach, it's one-to-one Chromebooks. Every kid has access to their own computer that they can take home, which is like a beautiful privilege that I feel very grateful that I teach in this community. But what it brings up for me is that I see other communities that don't have that privilege. Um, but it's a public service, and we're doing the best we can with what we have. Now, here's the difference. And, so, and I think it's going well. Let me clarify, at least in my district. It, I think it's going well. Um, you know, my kids... F- my kids were there, they were active, they were interested, and I think it was a good thing. You know, we haven't seen the data bear out on how people do or don't get sick, um, but I feel safe at the school with the protocols that we put into play, and I think it was good for the kids. So whether we're here for an, a quarter, a semester, or two weeks, I think it was a good choice to come back, um, and I'm grateful that I got to meet my kids. But other school districts, they've decided to go fully remote immediately, which is a decision that they've made. And I think a lot of it is because it was logistically challenging. And luckily, we have uh, a, um, we have administrators that are capable of dealing with that. That is where the public service comes into play. If your community has the administration, the resources, and so forth, then you have the luxury of making a choice. You have the privilege of making a choice. Do we decide to go back or do we not decide to go back? And if you live in another community, your decision tree, the, the calculus is different. Okay, now finally, to universities. Universities, you are paying for a product. Now, yes, it's universities are, you know, you have your for-profit, uh, Trump-style universities, and then, you, you know, and DeVry, and all these different, like, platforms and universities. And then you have where I live, Virginia Tech, and you have, you know, uh, Pitt, and you have even the elite schools, right? Like Penn and Harvard and all that, MIT, all of those schools are making buku dollars and they've had revenue or they've had tuition increases for decades. It just keeps getting more and more expensive. My grandpa bagged groceries at his father's grocery store and went through college without debt. I worked 30 to 40 hours a week on top of being a student as a server, right? where I was making about $25,000 a year, which is way more than a grocery bagger would have made. Um, but as a server, $25,000 is not a lot of money, but when you're 18, like that is. 
and I still owe tens of thousands of dollars in student loan debt. Now, I got the college experience. I was there. I even took a fifth year because I switched majors late, right? So I took, one of the reasons I have as much student loan debt is because I took, you know, 20% more time than most people. But if I were to compare, look, if I were to compare, so speaking from what I know as a public school teacher, if I were to compare what I'm capable of doing as a teacher in the normal circumstances, fall of 2019, it is way better, and I'll put numbers to it, like a rough estimate, than what I can do now because I'm splitting my attention, I'm splitting my groups, the resources are different, so on and so forth. The kids are socially distanced, they don't have as much opportunity to collaborate, work together, conver- uh, have conversations, and so forth. So I would say that what I'm doing now, and I've worked really, really hard and spent a lot of extra time trying to figure this out, I think I'm teaching at maybe 75 to 85% of what I can do, which I think is good. And I think that that's the best we can work for in this circumstance, right? I, I'm about 80, 80% because so much of what happens in an English language arts classroom is about interpersonal relationship, verbal communication, um, collaboration on projects, all of that stuff, right? And it, so much of that has been taken away and like whatever, right? We're dealing with it. But if I were to think about going to college, and the teacher is capable of teaching at about 75 to 85% of their capacity, but I'm still paying 100% of my tuition. I'm not into that. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm not into that. I can't. So it's not going to work. It's not going to work. They're providing a subpar product, and it's like, they're not talking about it at least. Well, I'm not in the university structure, so like I can't really speak definitively on that, but it's like, who's, who's, who's telling these kids, first of all, who's giving them, who's cutting their tuition. I'd love to see that. If you know that posted in the, in the comments and, or email me at hello, Aaron at hello at AaronWayneYoga.com. I want to know what universities are cutting their tuition because they're offering 75 to 85% of the product. Again, that's an arbitrary number that I'm just throwing out there as a professional educator of what I'm capable of doing when compared to what I can do when, you know, the leash is let loose and I'm running through the fields with my kids frolicking with flowers and we're talking about beautiful literature and we're we have books in our hands. I can't even my if my kids take books, I have to quarantine them for 96 hours, which is like I appreciate the protocols because it makes me feel safe and it it makes the kids feel safe, but that's still like a hurdle to jump past, right? Just because it's the right thing to do doesn't mean it's the easy thing to do. So what are colleges going to do? And I would, you know, I would be interested to see, are there numbers going down? I would take a gap year. That's what I would have done. I would have, I would have said, okay, you guys are going to, we're going to do this online or like, you're going to pretend like we're doing this in, in person, cash my check let me live on campus for four weeks and then send me home to get my whole family infected with COVID. My, my position would be if I had the foresight, which I probably didn't when I'm 18 and they're probably counting on that. And a huge chunk of people that go to college, go to college and they're the first in their family, or if they're not the first in their family, um, their parents didn't go. And you know, they're get they're getting advice from their 20, they're 18 and they're getting advice on college from their 20 year old sibling they don't really know like what the right choice is. So if I had had the foresight, which again, I probably wouldn't have, I would take a gap year 
and I would travel or I would work. I would just get a job and I would just work. Um, and who knows if I had gone back to college, I'm grateful that things worked out the way they did, but we're, um, we're going to see, yeah, I've been saying this, you know, I was saying this a year ago. I didn't have a podcast at the time, but you know, colleges and universities are so bloated and this is not unique to me. Like I'm not, this is, I'm regurgitating things that I've learned from people who really like study and talk about these things. But you know, tuition goes up, 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 up. And the reason that it's going up and up and up is because the loans are federally guaranteed. And when I went to school, my family could not afford to send me. Um, my career, honestly, right now, I don't, I can't afford, I'm a public school teacher and I cannot afford to, if I had kids, I don't even think in 20 years and I'm saving, who knows, but like I may or may not be able to send my kids to college on the back of my labor. So, um, take that for what it is. I'm fired up today. I told you, Nash, I'm fired up. Take a breath, buddy. Nash is trying to get out of the yoga room. What was I even talking about? I just had to rev myself down a bit. Tuition is bloated. It doesn't actually give you what it, you know, Google, they just started doing this thing where they're starting to offer certifications through Coursera where, and, and they've been sort of at the vanguard of this, of hiring people that aren't, um, don't have like the traditional idea of what credentials are because they can do the job, like just prove that you can do the job. And we're going to see more and more of that in the future. And we're going to, in, in turn, we will see people like me who grew up in a family who, um, education was important. And my mom always said, you're going to college. I don't care what you study, but you are going to college. Um, and that's why I did a fifth year. Cause I showed up and I didn't know what I was going to do. And, um, it really worked out. I found my passion. I found something that I thrive at. It doesn't pay me much, but I'm really good at it. And I love doing it. Um, it makes my hard work worth it, but there will be a lot of people just like I got lucky. I got lucky that I figured it out, but there's a lot of people, maybe millions, hundreds of thousands, at least tens of thousands, more likely hundreds of thousands of young people who are going to graduate from college. The marketplace will have moved in the four years that they were there studying the stuff that the professors learned 20 years ago that they're now teaching. They will have thirty to $70,000 in student loan debt, and then they will work a job that they cannot afford to pay that tuition or that student loan debt. And the thing on top of it is, is it all could have been avoided if they had some guidance from a family member who'd said, hey, you know what? I went to college, and uh, if you know what you want to do, go towards something and work towards something. If not, let's read good books, join some clubs, and uh, you know, join a you know, join a rec football league, a rec frisbee golf team, uh, join a book club, and start working until you figure out exactly what it is you want. If you want to be a public school teacher, you have to go to college, and you got to get the proper certification. If you want to be a doctor, but if you want to start your own business, like um, if you want to start a yoga studio, for example, you don't need to go to college. In fact, it's an impediment, not an accessory. Like it is a thing that will get in the way because for those four years that you're learning about macro and microeconomics where you could have learned that in three weeks to the extent that they're dragging it out over 15 weeks, you could have been working more. I'm going to sneeze. Just wait. <coughs> Sorry, Nish. 
And not only that, the real world experiences of being in a small business, I've worked in a small business before, it is nerve wracking. And there's things you don't know that you're not going to learn from a book. You're going to learn it from having done it. All right. I got about nine minutes left before I got to leave to teach yoga. So I'm going to look at my list of things that I said I wanted to talk about. If you want to talk more about this, let me know. It's super interesting to me. I love this stuff. And um, I love being able to just say this. And when I get in conversations with people, sometimes I get revved up, just like you just saw there. And what I tend to do is I just crank it up, crank it up, crank it up. And then, you know, 15 seconds into a rant, I realize like they probably don't want to hear this. And the truth is they probably don't. But I got a text message and I lost my train of thought. Oh, the podcast. The podcast gives me the, if you don't want to listen to me rant, that's fine. You don't have to. I'm okay with that. It doesn't upset me. In fact, I don't even think anybody's listening. I looked at the podcast analytics the other day. I don't know he's listening to this thing. It's a couple of people, like a couple of people probably tuned in for a minute and then bounced. So like, whatever, this is for me. Um, and for you, if you're here, it's for you too. If you're still here with me. <laughs> What do I want to talk about? Social media off my phone. What are happening at colleges? Weekly vlog projects. So here's another thing that I'm doing. Um, I find that if I do a lot more things, I get a lot more things done. Even the things that I was doing previously. Like I come in from summer and I come in. Come in hot. And. What I mean by that is when I come in hot, it's like I come off the summer or it's just like silly, groovy chilled out, you know, road weary. There's a scene in that show, Westworld, where um, Maeve, I think it's Maeve, but in the first season, Teddy, if you've seen this show, cool. If you haven't, Westworld is fire, dude. But um, Maeve comes up to Teddy and he's got like dirt on his face and she like rubs his face and she's like, oh, you got like a rind on you. Like a, like a watermelon rind. Like there's like sweat and dirt on his face. And um, that's what came to my head when I thought about being road weary. So I'm coming in hot. Not only am I podcasting. Not only am I getting my students ready for school. Not only am I teaching yoga. This is my... Welcome to the brag experience. This is what it looks like for someone to brag in public. Now what I'm saying is like if I... If, the more things I do, the more things I get done. And in like... It's counterintuitive, but when I have a lot of projects, the way that my mind works is that I can bite, bite, bite and have six things running and I can take small bites out of them because like the dialed in focus is something that's always been really hard for me. And that's okay. I've learned how I learn. I learned how I work. So the weekly vlog project is, um, and I have to finish one for this week, uh, but I have everything recorded. I just got to edit it, cut it up, add some tunes and throw it into the, throw it into the old YouTube. But a uh, weekly vlog project is just that I'm just doing a vlog every week until I turn 32. And it's teaching me how to manage my evening time better because that's the one space that I had. And Katie and I have been eating dinner on the back porch instead of watching, you know, Hulu and Netflix and YouTube and like eating on the couch, which I think is just such a terrible habit, especially for like, like if you're by yourself, that's one thing, but for your, to like, you just lose contact with your partner. And I can't even imagine how for a family that can be dysfunctional. So if you're eating dinner at the table, if, if you're eating dinner in front of the TV, 
whether, even if you're by yourself, you should, like it's best for us to like focus on what we're doing. I just invite you to try a day or two. We're on a four day streak right now. Um, and I reckon we'll probably do it again today, just eating dinner on the back porch, even though it's a bit gloomy. And so that has uh, helped me to know when dinner's over versus eating dinner for an hour and a half, like because we're watching TV. And then, you know, I'm done with dinner like 7 30 8 o'clock and i got a couple hours before i go to bed and so that's when i've been working on this weekly vlog project and um it's been fun i just like doing i just like building things i just like making things whether it's making the van or making this yoga room or building this table or these shelves i just like to build things and i like to build things online mm. <laughs> Um, I already sort of t- so state of teaching classes live. I already sort of talked about that a little bit. It's been fun. It's been enjoyable teaching classes live. I'll check in next week and maybe have some more insights. But you know, it's working. Half my kids are at home. Half my kids are in class. Um, a third of those kids, or half of the kids that are at home on any given day, are fully home all the time. So uh, about a third of my entire. 110 kids stay home all the time, which is really cool. Like I'm interested to see what their experience is like. So I'll probably be harvesting some ideas from them and, um, maybe sharing like what the students insights are on this. Um, I got like 60 seconds before, um, I got to bounce looking at my time cause I got to go teach yoga, but, uh, I'm bulking up in weight. I'm trying to gain some weight. I'm trying to gain, gain some muscle. So I've been doing Olympic lifts. I've been, uh, just crushing it. So eating more. That's it. That's all I got for you guys. Hopefully it was interesting. I'll see you on the next one. This was 10 episodes. I mean, come on. That's awesome. I'm stoked. How do you feel, Nash? Feel good about it? He loves it. Nash loves it. Man, that was a rant. If you can hear my dogs, it's because uh, the energy I just brought... I'm just recording this exit right after having recorded the main podcast. And these dogs are fired up because I fired them up. If you're interested in following along, my Instagram, even though it's not on my phone, I'm still checking it, is at Aaron Wayne Yoga. My website is AaronWayneYoga.com. And if you have any comments or thoughts or any additions to the podcast that I can add to the next week's, uh, email me at hello at AaronWayneYoga.com. I will catch you on the next one.